Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Today we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to Luke. Today we are ready for chapter 8, which deals with the parable of the sower. Most of you are familiar with this. Jesus tells a parable about seed falling on good ground and falling on rocky ground and thorny ground. And then the cool thing about this parable is he goes on to explain in detail to his disciples what each piece of the parable means. So we don't have to speculate or try to guess. I mean, it's very clear. Jesus spells it out clearly. There is something that he says during this. Uh, that I think we can get a better understanding and I think might be a blessing to us to dig into today. So we're going to have to spend some time looking at the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, and the book of Acts to get some clarity on maybe a deeper mystery. And uh, so I think you're all going to be blessed by this this morning. You know, a majority of people who are subscribed to this podcast or they only subscribe to listen to some of the things that uh, bring more excitement, end times type scenarios, and you know things like that. And I, hey, I get it. I understand. Those of you who tune in for these Bible studies, to be honest, you're the ones who are really getting fed. You're the ones eating the meat. You're not just here for the excitement. You're here to be blessed by God and by His Word. And uh, so I just thank you for tuning in, you know, and, and believing and understanding that everything in God's Word is extremely valuable and important for our spiritual growth. And it's spiritual nutrition that we all need. And so it's my great pleasure to do this work, and I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the very small percentage of you who support the podcast. Thank you so much. I don't know what I would do or how I would make this happen without you. And I'm talking about my Patreon subscribers. I'm talking about PayPal. I'm talking about uh, the mailbox. Uh, Couldn't do it without you guys, so thank you so much. Let's dig right in. We're ready for Luke chapter 8. We're going to get through the parable, but before we get to the part where Jesus explains everything, we're going to have to take a time out and go dig around in the scriptures to get a deeper understanding of what's going on, or what's being said, rather. Okay, let's do it. King James Version, Gospel according to Luke, chapter 8, verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto, which ministered unto him of their substance. In other words, they ministered to Jesus using their own resources, their own finances, their own goods, their own supplies. Verse 4, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seeds. 
and he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, And to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now let's stop for a second. Let's reread that part. This is the part we're going to have to dig into to really understand why. So the disciples hear the parable of the sower and they say, what does it mean? You know, explain it to us. And Jesus says to you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others, I'm speaking in parables, he says. The reason being that seeing they may not see and hearing they might not understand. And so now we have to ask ourselves the question, why would God, why would Jesus want some people to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God, specifically, he says, but to others, to the masses, really, to the majority, he doesn't want them to see or hear or understand. Why is that? Here's what I believe after studying this. And then we'll look at some scriptures to see and examine and you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm on the right track. You know, the Bible talks about those who refuse to retain God in their knowledge, right? They don't want to hear about it anymore. They don't want to believe it. They don't want their lives to be interrupted by it. It says that God will give them over to a reprobate mind. The scriptures we just read in the Psalms last week about God extends a hand, but people refuse to take it. And at some point he says, okay, fine. And they're basically given over to their own destruction. They refuse. See, they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. They don't want to obey. They don't want to take his mercy. They want to do their own thing. They want to worship their own God, which sometimes is themselves or other idols. You see, the mysteries of the kingdom of God are revealed to those who desperately and deeply seek them. They're revealed to those who long for these things, who long for God, who long for Yeshua, Jesus, Messiah. They, they long to walk in his ways. They're obedient even unto death. They... they the Revelation talks about the patience of the saints, those who obey the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. We always, I always refer to these people as the remnant, the, the small number. So, 
God reveals mysteries and things like that and the deeper things of himself and the deeper understandings of the kingdom of God to the remnant. But to the masses who really deeply don't care anyway, he hides these things so that they don't hear, see, and understand and repent. Now, let's see whether or not I be correct. We're going to look at three passages where this phrasing is used, that Jesus uses. Let me, let me reread that phrasing again. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. First place we're going to go is to the prophet, Jer- or prophet Isaiah, chapter 6. Now in this parable, Isaiah is taken up to the throne room and he's given this vision. Of, he sees God and his train filling the room and Isaiah kind of has a panic moment because he knows he lives among sinful people and he, he pronounces a curse over himself. And then after that, we get to verse 8, where God's asking, okay, where God's declaring, I need to send someone to these people. Whom should I send? So this is where we pick up, verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. Hear you indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. So we have the same thing going on. God's saying, go, tell them this, but we're going to make their hearts kind of fat, and we're going to make their ears heavy, and we're going to make their eyes heavy. That, they can, that way they can't see, and they can't hear, and they can't understand these things, and be converted, and be healed. Why? Because it's too late now. God's judgment has been decided. There comes a time when he's extending his mercy, extending his mercy, extending his mercy, and is rejected, and people continue to chase after their idols and chase after their wicked ways. And God says, okay, now I'm going to blind you from this, and the judgment's coming. It's decided. Verse 11, Isaiah says, Then said I, Lord, how long? And he, said, and he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant. And the houses without man and land be utterly desolate. And the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten, and a teal tree, and as a, an oak whose substance is in them, when they cast their leaves, so that the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. So even in the end, after this judgment's going to come down, he says, there'll still be a remnant that comes back. Let's get another witness on this. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 5. Let's start with the problem. So we're going to start with verse 1. Prophet Jeremiah chapter 5. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. And see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if you can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. 
So God's telling through the prophet Jeremiah, go look through the land. If you can find anyone who correctly executes judgment, who actually seeks the truth, then I'll pardon it and the judgment won't come. And though they say the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thy eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock, and they have refused to return. Sometimes I fear this about the world today, and about the United States today. It's like, the grip, you know, the the vices have been tightened on the people. It's looking really bleak and looking really dangerous. But do the people repent? They turn from the wicked wit, not that I have seen. Let me read verse 3 again. O Lord, are not thy eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they refuse to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock, and they have refused to return. Now, let's skip on down here. down to 18. This is all because the people have gone astray and refused to return. Verse 18, Nevertheless, in those days, saith the Lord, I will not make a full end with you. It shall come to pass when you shall say, Wherefore doeth the Lord our God all these things unto us? Then shalt thou answer them, Like as ye have forsaken me and served strange gods in your land, so shall you serve strangers in a land that is not yours. Declare this house, declare this in the house of Jacob, and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will you not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass it? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But this people hath a revolting and rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. You see, God sends blindness and deafness, and this is spiritual blindness and spiritual deafness. They don't get to understand the mysteries of God. They don't get to fall into awareness and awakeness and, and repent and be converted and be healed because they've, they're revolting, it says. They have a rebellious heart. This is why. It's not like God is being mean. You know, you'll, you'll hear within some Calvinist groups that God is just chosen and the rest are just out of luck. No, there's a spiritual heart matter involved, which is why God is blinding them. And we see in the book of Acts, Paul is trying to reason with the Jews. But then he says, forget it. And he quotes the scripture from Isaiah about the hearing And the seeing and how you're not going to understand. And he says, I'm going to take this to the Gentiles. Let's read that real quick. And then we'll resume the Gospel of Luke here. But let's go to Acts chapter 28. The end of the book of Acts. Chapter 23, verse 30. 
And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him and to his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Esaias the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and you shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is whacked gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understanding with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he said these words, the Jews departed and had a great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him. All right, that's our deeper dive into this. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that God has given me the correct understandings. And, and maybe you've heard something even more deeper today. Maybe God's received, or maybe God's revealed something even deeper about this to you this morning as we have studied this. And certainly when Jesus said this, people would have been reminded of the prophet Jeremiah and the prophet Isaiah. Most of the strange things that Jesus says are not that strange at all. In fact, most mysteries in the New Testament are revealed in the Old Testament. And most mysteries in the Old Testament are revealed in the New Testament. It's all there. If you go through our study in the book of Revelation, um, I work very diligently and hard in that study to go back to the Old Testament to explain the symbolism that's in the book of Revelation. Nearly all of it is very easily explained by looking at the example of the same words, phrases used in the Old Testament. All right, we've spent almost 20 minutes just on this portion of the study. Let's see the answer that Jesus gives about what the parable means. He breaks it down perfectly. And then we're going to continue to read the rest of the chapter, but I'm not going to give any commentary on the rest because we still have like 40 verses to get through. And so I'm just going to read it, even though there is a mountain of information and things that we could continue to study. Uh, but for the sake of time, we will not. So let's get back to the parable and see exactly what the parable of the sower means according to Jesus. start with back with verse 10 and he said unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand now the parable is this the seed is the word of God those by the wayside are they that hear then cometh the devil and he taketh away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved they on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. In other words, he's saying, you know, the ones on the rocks, it's like they hear, they're excited, they believe, but then, you know, some struggle comes, 
some trouble comes, and then they just fall away. Verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Man, there's so many people that are, that are in these boats. And we better examine ourselves. We better take a look in the mirror and examine our faith and make sure that we're in it. Because there's so many Christians who fall into these categories. They believe, especially this one, the thorn one. So many of us, man, if we're not careful, we get choked by the cares of this world, riches and pleasures, the things of this life. And then before you know it, you don't bring forth any fruit to perfection. You believed, but it didn't matter because you got choked out by the thorns, a.k.a. the cares of this world, the riches and the pleasures of this world. Verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter may see the light. You see what Jesus is saying? He's saying those who, have, who are the good ground, they, they bear fruit, right? Like those who received it with an honest heart, like things start to happen. And he makes the point that, hey, look, you know, true believer is like a candle that lights a room. You know, you would never cover the candle with a bowl. You would never be part of the light yet not radiate light. Verse 17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither is anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and to whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. You know, those who continue to pursue the mysteries, who continue to pursue God and seek God, more will be given to them, and more will be given to them. And those who don't, and who don't really have any spiritual growth, they will, they will lose even what they seem to have. All right, verse nineteen. We're done with commentary. Let's just finish the chapter. Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the pass. And it was told him by a certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. And he answered, and he said to them, My mother and my brother are these which hear the word of God and do it. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. I'm sorry, we've got to go back to verse 21. Somebody comes to him and says, hey, your mother and your brother are waiting to speak to you. And he says, here's who my mother and brother really are. Here's who my family really is. Listen closely. My mother and my brethren are they, these which hear the word of God and do it. What do I always say? Those of you who have read my devotional book, it's riddled with one phrase over and over and over. 
your actions matter because your actions demonstrate what you truly believe. Jesus doesn't just say, hear the words and be happy. He says, do it. My family are those who hear the word of God and actually do it. Isn't it James who says, be a hearer or be a doer of the word, not a hearer only deceiving yourself? Don't fool yourself. Don't be deceived. Those who do righteousness are righteous. I know that is so contrary to what is taught in many churches and many uh, Christian belief systems today. Most Christian belief systems are a sinner's prayer, fire insurance, donate, you're done. But that's not what the word says. The word says action. I mean, this whole thing has been Jesus talking about action. Nobody lights a candle and then puts it under a bowl. You know, those who the seed falls on good soil, who receive it with an honest and good heart, they bring forth fruit with patience. Don't tell me my mother and my brother are waiting for me. My mother and brother are those who hear the word of God and actually do it. Do you see the theme? Praise Jesus. Let's continue. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. I have to pause again. How many of us are looking at the world right now? And the things that are going on. And we're thinking, where is God? Lord, don't you see what's happening? Do something. You know, they wake up Jesus and they're like, do you not care that we're getting ready to die? And Jesus rebukes it. It's no big deal. And he says, where's your faith? Maybe God's asking us right now. Where's your faith? Verse 26, and they arrived at the country of the Gardians, Gardarians, which is over against Galilee. And he went forth to the land. There met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, and wears no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devils into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils we entered into him. All right, we have to hold up again. Jesus asking their name? There's a purpose in this. Jesus is asking the name because he wants people to know the answer, which is legion, 
which I believe in Roman uh, terms would be like 6,000 soldiers. Jesus is making the point that many devils can enter a person. I mean, a person can be overtaken by many thousands. Verse 31, And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. And they went, the devils, out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done, and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also which sold it told them by what means he possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadareans round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thy own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And it came to pass when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jarars, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet. And he besought him that he would come into his house, for he had only one daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him, and a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when, when, when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared unto him, before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and he took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straight away, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged him that they should tell no man what was done. That, my friends, is Luke chapter 8. 
I think it was an amazing study this morning. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed by this work this morning. I'd love to hear about it in the comments. If you would like to support this podcast, you can do that again, scriptureandprophecy.com. You can become a Patreon subscriber. There's PayPal. There's snail mail. And there's also the end of days 30-day devotional. And so if you're looking for a better understanding about the end of times and you want to be encouraged and have a devotional and a short, quick, easy read every day for 30 days, you can pick that up by going to scriptureandprophecy.com slash book. That's all I have for you this morning, my friends. I pray you be blessed in the powerful name of Jesus. Lord willing, I'll be back with you on Friday for our tour portion for the week. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.